This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Jay Bear. Jay is a customer experience and marketing expert, author, research, and advisor, and kind of a big deal. He is an in-demand keynote speaker and event MC and host. You should hire him today. Jay is an inductee into the Professional Speaking Hall of Fame, as well as the Word of Mouth Marketing Hall of Fame. Jay is also a co-creator and co-host of the long-standing Social Pros podcast focused on enterprise social media strategies. Jay, welcome back to the Press One for Nick podcast. Man, fantastic to be here. Press two for Jay Bear. Here we Press are. Press two for Jay. Show. What is up? Man, it's great to be back. <laughs> it is great to have you back, my friend. So one question I ask every every guest, and you've uh, heard that before, is what's one thing people might not know about Jay Bear? Well, one thing that's actually new, Nick, since the last time we spoke, is I am now uh, the number two, depending on how you measure it, but typically the number two tequila influencer in the world. So tell me more about that. I how know, does right? how does it's, one become the number two and how do we knock off the number one? Hey, I've got my plans. Uh, so I have always been a tequila fan. I grew up in Arizona, went to school in Tucson by the border, have been into tequila and agave spirits for 25 years or so. When I uh, sold my consulting firm about a year and a half ago. It freed up some time. And earlier this year, uh, we recorded this in December. Uh, it was probably March of 2022. I said, hey, I want to scratch this this uh, itch and teach people about the wonders of tequila. So I started to make some videos on Instagram and TikTok and made some more and made some more. And now all of a sudden, I have hundreds of thousands of followers uh, on my tequila education and advice accounts. Uh, including a lot of celebrities. And so I, I spend a decent amount of time every night answering DMs from people who are like, I'm in a bar in Alabama. Like, what tequila should I order? Uh, and so it's actually been a lot of fun and and it's gratifying because so many people will tell me that, you know, they follow the account, it's changed kind of what they buy and their appreciation for the spirit. So uh, it's not a terribly lucrative endeavor at this point, but but it's uh, it's a blast. Sounds amazing. It sounds like there needs to be a knowledge base and some machine learning where somebody just puts it in. Let's ask Jay Bear about the the bear okay, so facts. I, I'm I'm reluctant to even say this because it's such a good idea. Here's my actual plan that I'm starting to work on. You take your phone, you point it at a tequila bottle, and then it gives you my review. Mm-hmm. So that already exists for like Vivino on the on the mm-hmm. wine side, but it does not exist currently for tequila. So I'm actually starting to to think that through a little bit, which would be uh, which would be pretty tremendous. So it's Tequila J Bear on Instagram if uh, if folks are interested. Make it 120 thousand people by the end of the year. Let's do this. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> We're not here to talk about tequila by itself, but uh, it was a good good segue here. You know, you just did a study uh, with 1,900 consumers, and the study is Time to Win, the 2022 Consumer Patient Study. First off, what what made you do this study? You know, all the books I've written have included some sections about speed. Uh, You know, as well as anybody, Nick, that, that speed and responsiveness is a critical component of customer experience and customer service 
success. My observation was this. Coming out of the pandemic, we were all faced with a realization. And it's a realization that perhaps we forgot a little bit pre-pandemic. And it's this, that time is truly the only inelastic resource. Time is quite literally the only thing that everybody on this planet shares equally. It doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk or somebody experiencing homelessness. It doesn't matter if you're in America or Venezuela or your grandfather or grandson. We all have 1,440 minutes a day, and there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing. You can't affect it. And and given the horrors of the pandemic and how it turned everything upside down, like in a snow globe, I think we all kind of realize like, wow, time and how we spend it is maybe more important than we had thought. And all these trends that we consider now in, in life, whether it's quiet quitting and the great resignation, whether it's work from home or leisure travel, all these other kind of circumstances are all really one trend, Nick, which is that we care more about time than we used to. And so what I observe is that people are both more angry and more happy when businesses interact or interrupt their time. So today, if you're a company and it takes your customer longer than they expect to get a hold of you or to get a reply, it feels to that customer like the company is stealing their time. And if the company can respond more quickly than the customer expects or anticipates, it feels like that customer has been given a gift, a gift of time. So while speed has always been a big part of CX, what this research, The Time to Win, indicates is that it now may be the most important part of CX. We're all familiar with the old chestnut, good, fast, cheap, pick any two. What I'll tell you is that now fast is non-negotiable. You better be fast. And then you can decide from a positioning standpoint in your own business if you want to be fast and high quality or fast and inexpensive. But you darn well better be fast. Mm. Yeah, there's so much to that. And I think I, I want to get to speed here later on down the conversation. But in the data, in the research, and I highly recommend everybody read the, it's a quick, what, 29 pages or 30 pages. So take a peek. There's a lot of meat inside that study. And it's the 2022 consumer patient study. And before I get into the next question, where can people find that if they want to look at it? Thanks, Nick. Go to thetimetowin.com, thetimetowin.com. You can get the study. There's a bunch of infographics and videos and, and summaries and a lot of other goodies there as well. Yeah, you get to see another video uh, of Jay Bear. And so there's not enough. Of <laughs> there's hardly the any bears. Out there. There's very little tequila <laughs> in the time to win video. However, I just want to make that expectation clear. It seems like you need to change your videos to include tequila talking about the patient study. It, you know, it's funny you say that. It's not uncommon now. I'm trying to hybridize my lives. So now I'm starting to do keynote speeches about customer experience. And then afterwards, how about a tequila tasting for your sponsors of your event? Like literally that's starting to happen, which is pretty cool. It's you get the whole version of Jay Bear. It's not just the half version of CX and customer service. 360 degrees. Plus <laughs> press one for tequila. Press press one for tequila. Sounds like a new podcast starting tomorrow. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, so in one of the stats you had is three-fourths of all consumers have contacted a business and has have been ignored. You know, that's definitely, regardless of what you business in, it's a recipe for failure. And yeah. so why do businesses ignore their customers? Because they're, they're the ones who pay the bills. I think there's a few issues at play there. One is, is just resources, inadequate resources devoted to customer service and customer support. I mean, look, how many people have a master's degree in sales and marketing? Millions. 
hundreds of thousands or millions in the US alone. How many people have a master's degree in customer support and churn reduction? Zero, literally zero. You know, companies are, are built around net new revenue generation. It's just a fact, right? So the, the impetus for really making sure that we are fully staffed at all times to reduce handle time and make sure that we can answer all customer questions expeditiously, regardless of contact channel, is pretty rare. As you know, there, there are a few companies that sort of lead with speed and say, hey, this is going to be our calling card, uh, sometimes literally a calling card. But most companies are sort of like, yeah, we'll do the best we can. We already have their money, so it'll be fine. So some of it's just resources. Some of it is is spikes, right? So all of a sudden you get a disproportionate level of customer inquiry and the business isn't designed to handle that. Uh, some of it is assuming that customers don't have any level of urgency when they do. And I'll give you an example of that. One of the other things we found in the report is that there are even some, some contact channels that maybe we don't think of in business as very urgent. So contact us forums for instance, right? If, if a customer fills out a form on a website, I think the general narrative around that is, well, that's probably not super urgent because if it was really urgent, they'd probably call or they'd email or they'd text or they'd chat bot or they'd social media or they'd hostage note, they'd do something different, right? Well, it turns out in the research, we discovered that an overwhelming majority of customers still expect businesses to reply to a contact us form within 24 hours. So I think that's part of the problem is that businesses start to kind of play poker with contact mechanisms and also with customers themselves. The most fascinating, at least to me, finding in this whole study, Nick, was that Gen Z is the most patient generation and baby boomers are the least patient generation. I didn't see that coming. That was not uh, because I've got two Gen Zs in my household. And I just assume that because they you know, live in a purely digital realm, uh, that they would just have that patience issue. But it's not true. It's the other way around. So why is that? Because I, I was going to talk about that a little bit later. You're stealing my notes over here. Sorry, but sorry. what one thing I, I do that really stuck out to me, too, if typically it's uh, the Gen Z's, the millennials are bl uh, blaming the others. It's kind of the, it's the Chris Tucker and rush hour when he gets hit in the jaw and he's like, which one of y'all kick me? It's they're all pointing at a different direction. Um, yeah. But why, why is that? Why do you think that the stats showed of the 1900 people consumers who took that study that the Gen Z's were the most patient? I think, I, I don't know is the actual answer because we didn't ask it that way. Um, I wish we would have now, but we didn't think he was going to say that. Uh, what I think is at play here, and I've considered this a bit, as you get older, it is generally true, your mileage may vary, of course, but it is generally true that you have more responsibilities. You are involved in more things. You have a higher order of occupational responsibilities. You have a higher order of familiar responsibilities. You may have community responsibilities. You may have church responsibilities. You may have uh, other responsibilities. And so quite literally, you have more things on your life to-do list Ergo, when something takes longer than you expected or anticipated, it increases your frustration level because you're thinking about that waiting time or that elapsed time in through the prism of, I got all these other things that I could be doing instead that are more useful. Whereas when you're younger, despite the fact that all young people think they are really busy, I have this conversation with my son all the time. He's like, dad, I'm too busy to you know talk to my advisor. I'm like, you're 21. You don't know what busy is yet, but- <laughs> What's your definition you of busy? <laughs> right. Some, 
his definition of busy is more things to do than last year, which is not, <laughs> you know, but again, that's the prism to which they look at. So nice, that perceived cost to waiting or or having to so any kind of delay in a business interaction, I think feels less arduous to young people because they don't have an easy replacement for that time. That's what I think is going on there. And and I think in the study also you talked about emotion. Mm-hmm. And what I want to touch on is when somebody feels, uh, what is it? How does the customer feel when they get that that responsiveness? Their perception is, regardless if it's a hostage note, which I thought it was hilarious, it caught me off guard, or the chat or the contact us form. How does that make that consumer feel when they their perception is that that cons- that customer that organization is not responding according to that timeline that they've set? It, well, clearly what we see in this report is there is a direct correlation between responsiveness and revenue. But the reason there is a correlation between responsiveness and revenue is that there is first and foremost, a correlation between responsiveness and emotions and attitudes. Uh, And it's, it's very, very clear. More than six in 10 consumers say that they feel disappointed when a business takes longer to respond than they expect. And three in 10 feel, check this out, disrespected. That's a powerful word, right? So you, you're expecting somebody to call you back in two hours and it takes them three hours, three and 10 times you feel disrespected by that. that that's, that's a very um, specific emotion that is not likely to trigger positive financial outcomes for the business. And I, I think the root of this, Nick, is, is a fairly simple truth, but it's more true all the time. And it's that Today, in this society, and I'm not suggesting this is right, I'm just suggesting it's true. We equate speed with caring. We think that speed equals caring. If somebody responds to us more quickly, we interpret that as they care about us and they care about us as a customer and they care about our money more than if it takes longer. That may not be the case, but that's how we interpret it very often. And as a result, it really impacts our buying behavior and our and our customer loyalty. You know, I, I had to hire a painter not long ago and I got three bids as you do. And the one painter got back to me in four hours. Second painter got back to me in a day. Third painter got back to me in two days. Guess which painter I hired? Not the last two. <laughs> exactly. And the first one who was the four hour painter who I of course hired was not the least expensive. Mm. Not even close. But when you perceive speed as caring, you're like, yeah, this person is going to be easier. I mean, it, it goes like this. If they're hard to get a hold of when you're trying to give them money, yeah, how hard is it going to be to get a hold of them once they have my money? Yeah. So this whole like speed equals caring thing is really important and powerful, but it's, it's striking to me, Nick, and, I, and I'm sure you have the same thought. Businesses aren't really aligned around this very often. And I'm like... Why? Everybody, as a consumer, everybody knows this to be true. But yet when we put on our business hat, we operate as if it's not true. And that is a really interesting dichotomy to me. Yeah, it's, they think of, hey, we need to focus and stay in business. However, we need to reduce our costs and not hire as many people. And you're like, oh, okay. But according to your study, it said 52% of customers have hired a service provider or made a purchase because they were the first to respond. Even though like you mentioned, like you mentioned, it wasn't the least expensive. So let me, let me put, put you on the spot a little bit. 
if you were a business paint uh, uh, painting houses and you saw this stat, what would you immediately change? I would raise my price uh, and I would take that net revenue gain and put it into whatever is necessary, operations, technology, personnel, to always be the first responder in every competitive bid situation. Because would, in the study, we found that two, yeah, yeah, of course it's different. Two thirds of the people in the study say that speed is as important as price. Two thirds, that speed mm-hmm. is as important as price. And half have hired a business because they were first, regardless of price. So this idea that, well, we're going to get customers, even though it takes us longer to get back, we're going to get more customers because we're least expensive. I think in many businesses, that is flawed logic. Yeah, I, I would agree. If I, like you said, we only have 1,440 minutes in a day. If I can find ways to drive efficiencies and create a better experience, and it would drive me nuts if if somebody wouldn't get back to me and there is an issue with chipped paint or they didn't do it correct or they didn't add... Uh, the second layer, and I couldn't get a hold of them, I would be dissatisfied and I would start leaving maybe some nasty grams, maybe tell my friends and family, don't hire this person because they're not responsive. They they are not the people that you want to do business with. It creates a lot of word of mouth problems. And because lack of responsiveness is typically irksome and annoying, but rarely reaches the level of of true anger and frustration, it creates a lot of hidden problems for businesses, right? You don't see a lot of Google reviews that say, yeah, the painter said he was going to come on Wednesday, but he didn't come till Thursday, right? You see Google reviews that say, hey, they painted my house the wrong color. However, when you have that kind of dissatisfaction that's rooted in responsiveness, there's a lot of negative word of mouth that happens truly out of your mouth, like friends and family, community kind of stuff. Like it, it has a big drag on business revenue. Um, people just don't, don't pay attention to it. The second thing I would say uh, in terms of your question of what to do is, is I would also create some kind of no waiting service. One of the things we found in the research is that customers, many, many customers are willing to pay a lot more to not wait. This already exists in some parts of society. TSA pre, pay more, wait less. Uh, Disney Fast Pass, or I think it's called Lightning Lane now, pay more, mm-hmm. wait less. So there, are, it does exist, but not very often. When you when you think about sort of all business opportunities, there's not very many circumstances where there is an advanced kind of increased fee level to reduce waiting. And what this research indicates is that literally every business could and arguably should roll this out. If you're a painter, mm-hmm. it costs us this much to paint your house, or it's this much plus 15% and we'll put you next in line. If you do oil changes, if you're a dentist, if you're a software company, you want to onboard your team first and not have to wait for the other five guys we're onboarding, you can be first. Like this idea of rolling out a fast pass for your industry should be put into practice by every business in 2023. It's a huge opportunity that nobody's talking about. I think the world needs to clip that last two minutes and send it to every single leader in the world because in the contact center space, if I, anybody that is in the, has a contact center, which is a lot of the world, just think if there was a fast pass for insurance, for uh, internet, for, you know, anything you, I would be like, yeah, I pay an extra X amount of money, whatever it is to reduce my time in line, regardless of what channel that I'm trying to achieve. And maybe there's a way that I push a button. It's my it's my Batman button, and uh, they come to me. They Absolutely. they say, 
hey, what channel can I help you on? I see that it's more of a concierge service that people are willing to pay additional for. Would I pay, would I pay Comcast five additional dollars a month so that on the rare chances where I need to talk to somebody, I could just dial a number and I would get immediately answered like one, one ring? Totally. 60 I'd bucks. pay six. Yeah. Piece of cake. No problem. Roll yeah. it out tomorrow. Uh, it, it, and it, it really is something that people just haven't spent enough time thinking through and, and modeling. It's something that I want to work on um, in my own business and, and with clients uh, next year, for sure. If I may, I want, to, I want to tell you one thing that's not in the report that I think is really important. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yes, Nick and I are talking about how important speed is, and it is important, and you should be faster in your business, and you should give customers the opportunity to, to pay more for, for more responsiveness. But to say that the conclusions and the advice is that just be faster, it, it's, it's not entirely true, and it's also overly reductive, because there is a point at which every business can be too fast. You ever go to a, a Mexican food restaurant, Nick, and you order enchiladas, and like 90 seconds later, they bring you enchiladas. And you're like, bro, like, wait a second. Is there like an enchilada machine back there? Did somebody else order these and they sent them back and they just were waiting for another person to order That's them? Right. And they just like, this is suspicious how fast these enchiladas were concocted. That happens in every business. Like you don't want to hire the fastest tattoo artists in your town. Um, you don't want like the eye surgeon who specializes in speedy eye surgery, right? Or, or the really fast divorce attorney. Like there are circumstances <laughs> where too much speed actually decays trust. So one of the things I'm, I'm working on, um, it's not in the report, but, but it's uh, content that I'm creating uh, in my new keynote and, and some other things. This is idea of a, a, a continuum of confidence. And on that continuum, you start off with very little trust because you're too slow. And you end up with very little trust because you're too fast. But mm. in the middle is the Goldilocks zone. And I call it the right now. And the right now is the perfect amount of elapsed time in every customer interaction throughout the customer journey. The right now. So uh, Jimmy John's, for example, right? The, the, the sandwich uh, chain. They are known for being very, very quick, right? In fact, their slogan is freaky fast. They have the right now. I define the right now as slightly faster than customers expect. Not so fast, you're like, those enchiladas are sketchy, but slightly faster than customers expect. And every business can and should figure out what the right now is for them because it does, it does change based on industry and, and even based on company positioning. But to me, that's the idea is like, you've got to figure out what this Goldilocks zone is and then make that part of your operations. This is so fascinating. I'm so glad I'm interviewing you for the second time. I'm I'm just learning along the way, and I'm just here to ask questions and to to secretly gain knowledge from Jay Bear, which the world needs to know. Oh, thank you. 
<laughs> I think it's funny that I thought I was the only one that I gave the the waiter the side eye every time I saw the enchilada come out. I'm like, really, dude? Did you seriously just make that, or was that been sitting there for four hours? That's Did you just been on that, that up? been on that hot bar right oh, there? Yeah, yeah. Like the the lamp is just chilling there for yeah. the last five hours. They made it the same way. So sometimes the sushi comes out like, there's no way you just cut that. That was no, there's no way. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I, I I do like it. It's almost that it's the bell curve again, right? It's, yeah. it's the, exactly. and even in going back to the contact center, um, people gauge the, you can do an immediate response on a chat bot and yeah. it could be freaky fast according yep. to Jimmy John's, yep. but it's like, did it, where's that trust value of how quick it was? And maybe it takes 30 seconds. Maybe it takes 10 seconds. Maybe yeah. it takes a minute to gain that knowledge or else they're saying, is this true? And should I gain, should I try to find another way for more information? It's a brilliant example, Nick, that I hadn't actually thought of. So thank you. I'm going to borrow that for my keynote. The, the chatbot's a perfect illustration of this. When, when you type in your message and then the agent responds like two seconds after you finish hitting submit, you're like, that's a copy and paste. They didn't even read this. This is legit a copy and paste. He has no idea or she has no idea what I actually said. This is this is a script and you start to lose confidence, right? And literally, if they just waited five seconds to make you think that they were assessing and pondering and typing, it would literally build confidence. Yeah. So are you telling me this entire time, Top Gun or Tom Cruise and Top Gun had it wrong when he said, I got the need the need for speed. I think that's true to a point, right? You've got to have the need for speed, but you can't exceed the need for speed. Mm. That up, that's not bad. That was that's that's catchworthy right there. You should, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna clip that. That's not bad. <laughs> so one of the ways businesses try to increase their speed and efficiency is with that channel switching. Mm -hmm. We kind of we're sticking on the contact center uh, journey right now. Yep. Yeah, obviously, this is when the customer for for all my listeners is when the co uh, customer contacts the business via phone and receives a reply by email, or they can contact the business on social media, and then they're asked to call instead, which is always frustrating. I had an example where I was trying to get a new door handle because the door handle on my house fell off, which is always oh, great. <laughs> and it was, yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. But luckily it was a screen door and I was able to to open it with uh, with a screwdriver. However, I was chatting with the person on, on my phone and then the guy was like, take a picture of it. Can you send it to me? Is this the product? When did you buy it? And I was like, I don't know. I came with the house. I bought the house. I didn't build it on my own. And they're like, great, here's the price. Here's what's going on. And I was like, where do I, this is an amazing experience. Like, where do I go next? And they're like, oh, well, if you could call this number uh, to fill out this credit card information, that'd be great. And I was like, no, right? The, the longstanding no that we all feel when we have to channel switch. And it's a forced channel switch. It's not a channel switch of my choice because I was in line at Starbucks and I'm chatting with them and now I'm driving and I need to have a phone call. But, you know, in general, or maybe even from your perspective, how can this cause that friction, uh, consistent friction over time for that customer? We measured it in the report, uh, the time to win.com. 42% of customers are disappointed when a business changes channels in the illustration that you provided. And one in four are less likely to spend money. One in four. So this idea that you're going to save money as a business by channel shifting is literally not true. 
because if one in four customers are then less likely to spend money, I think any financial savings that you're trying to accrue by diverting customers to a more efficient contact mechanism is going to be given back and maybe then some based on the, the lack of customer satisfaction with, with that behavior. I think the, the key lesson here is that customers do not select contact mechanisms on a roulette wheel. It's not like they're sitting in their house, like spin the ball, email, right? Text, right? They pick the channel that they prefer and or they believe has the highest chance of a satisfactory outcome. It's not randomness. So for you to say, we understand that you purposely chose this. However, we believe in our omniscient uh, powers that it would be better if we did it over here. It's incredibly disrespectful to customers. It wastes their time because they got to start over. And as you know, well, Nick, in many cases where customers really lose their minds on channel shifting, is they've already started on that channel. This happens in social, of course, routinely, where you're in social media, you're tweeting somebody, Facebook, I am, you know, DM on Instagram, whatever. Agent says, great, um, we can help you. Why don't you call us and we'll settle it? And you're like, bro, I already tried to call you, but I couldn't get through or they couldn't help me. So that's why I'm using social media. And now you're turning me back around in this like non-virtuous circle. Uh, yeah, that's where people want to jump out an apartment window. <laughs> There's some jujitsu that's going on in our minds when stuff like that happens. If you're like my my wife and something bad happens, she'll jump on the call and it says, your call is very important to us, live faces. <laughs> it's going to be 48 minutes and then it's uh, an hour and a half. And so in addition to that channel, she jumps on social, on Twitter, on Facebook, yeah. on something. And so she's messaging somebody else. Two yep. separate interactions that are measured with two separate people, the cost per interaction goes up and the customer is still not satisfied. Yep. It's spray That's and a pray. problem. Spray and pray. It happens all the time. Not only does it drive up your, your cost uh, to actually solve that customer, but it creates a lot of data problems on the back end, right? Because now you've got a bunch of open tickets across a bunch of different contact mechanisms. And as we know, especially on this show, most businesses are not good yet. And some of the technology problems, some of it's just operational behavior at tying those together, right? This idea that, okay, we know who you are on chat and we know who you are on phone. We know who you are on Twitter. Like, yeah, maybe kind of depends on your company, but that's still a really big problem. Uh, and so now you've, you might be literally trying to solve the problem in two different parts of your company. Uh, it's a huge, huge mess. And so the, the more you can avoid customers engaging in that spray and pray behavior, uh, the better off you'll be. And most people don't spray and pray unless they're channel shifted, unless they're just super mad, right? Or yeah. or it's like, you know, they're just like at the end of their rope because, you know, their house is flooding and they got to get a hold of somebody right now. And so they just like, we'll just cover, we'll just play blackout bingo. We're going to cover every base. We're going to call, we're going to text, we're going to do everything and hope that somebody gets back to me. Yeah. So wrapping this up, we all have to wrap it up. It's 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 a sad time, uh, but it's always got to happen. So wrapping it up, time to win the 2022 Consumer Patient Study. If you could leave a note to the world right now, summarizing your findings, hmm. what would it say? We, we talked about it earlier. The, the pandemic has made us appreciate time and how we spend it more than ever. Speed has always been a big part of customer service, customer experience, and customer satisfaction. But speed is also a customer expectation that continues to escalate. 
and businesses have not gotten faster at the same level that customers have expected them to get faster. So while speed has always been important, I will argue based on the research that today, speed is the most important element of customer satisfaction and customer experience. So you've got to find a way to get faster throughout the customer journey and in every interaction, but not so fast that people start to distrust your enchiladas. Make sure that you operate on that right now principle. What is the perfect amount of elapsed time to make your customers trust you and keep giving you money? Good stuff, Jay. Uh, again, where can people find you and where can people find this study? Thanks so much, Nick. Fantastic to be with you. You can find me at jbear.com, J-A-Y-B-A-E-R.com. And the study, including infographics and videos and a bunch of other stuff that you can download, is at thetimetowin.com. Right there, time thetimetowin.com. And we will have you on for the third time when you create that tequila and i can't wait and it's going to be an amazing experience and that's why we're going to talk about it so best of luck with that man uh and and your your goal to be the number one tequila influencer in the world i will i will radio announce your voice your uh your intro at that time (laughs) thank you and now ladies and gentlemen (laughs) thanks so much jay appreciate you man see you later Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.